0: So hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 85 of Level Up, 60 minutes of live Q&A where your questions and votes really do drive the show. A very warm welcome to everybody joining on both LinkedIn and YouTube. Do let us know your name. And, of course, the city from where you are joining in the chat. We do love to hear from you and get everybody involved. Shanice, Ella and Adriana are on social today, so they're going to be chatting with you. And they'll post into the chat a link to vote up the questions that you would most like answered from the panel and, of course, to be able to add your own. We live stream Mondays at 8 and Fridays at 2 in the afternoon UK time to both YouTube and to LinkedIn. Today, we're going to be talking about how to build a career in the world of public-private partnerships and how to become a PPP Specialists Now, I think PPPs are probably best known around the world for large infrastructure projects, building ports and pipelines and setting in electricity infrastructure and the like, but they're also often used to deliver a wide range of services for citizens as well. Now, joining us today, we've got a fascinating panel, so let's jump straight in and meet them all. New to our panel today, I'd like to welcome Diane Rampadarath. and she is Assistant Director for Public Services at the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. Diane has a passion for sustainable rural development and has worked on a wide range of initiatives delivering green energy to rural communities. So welcome to Level Up, Diane. Lovely to see you.
1: Thank you very much, Nick. So, I am very passionate about PPPs and international technical cooperation, as well as learning about different languages and cultures. And I'm very happy to be here today on Level Up.
0: Thank you so much, Diane. Diane brings a world of experience and also, I have to say, a mastery for languages that I just can't, I can't seem to master at all. So really great to have you on the panel. Um, welcoming back now, niananso Nianantso Econom, of course. He is Managing Consultant over at Weir Capacity in Nigeria. niananso's career spans both the public and the private sectors and leads by example with his passion, integrity and also humility. Welcome back, niananso Lovely to see you again.
2: Thank you very much, Nick, and good to be back here. Uh, I look forward to engaging with everyone uh, joining us today. Um, I'm reaching you from Abuja. Uh, It's a rainy day in Abuja, about 25 degrees Celsius, so I'm enjoying it. I hope that you're enjoying where you are as well. See you.
0: Thank you so much. It's a very unusual, neonzo for the UK to be in sunshine and Abuja to be in rain. So we'll celebrate this day a little, um, if we may. Andre Kruger is the CEO and lead trainer at PPP Training Online, and they have helped more than 500 practitioners achieve their CP3P qualifications, having worked at the World Bank The UK Prosperity Fund and many of the regional development banks, Andre helps his clients navigate through the world of PPPs. Welcome back to Level Up, Andre.
3: Thank you, Nick. Uh, Welcome also to all colleagues online. We are really looking forward to spending the uh, next hour with you and looking forward to your questions. Um, I'm sure we will have a great day.
0: Thank you, Nick. Absolutely. Thank you so much indeed. Mark Rovers is a leadership coach and consultant from Interprom in the USA. He spends his time coaching leaders and specializes in the area of business relationship management, a key skill for everybody who's involved in the planning and execution of PPPs, of course. Welcome back to the panel, Mark. Lovely to see you. Thanks, Nick. Thanks,
4: APMG, for having me again. Look forward to the uh, exciting questions that have already been posted and uh, can't wait to uh, share information and uh, hopefully help the
0: audience. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Now, completing our um, producers today, you can see so many of them online from Adriana and Ella, of course, who are there um, helping support our social engagement through to, um, I've just seen Samson pot up. So we're pop-up rather so welcome welcome samson great to have you um as part of our producer team today of course you are the producers because it's your questions and votes that drive the show so um ali welcome from dubai please do jump into the chat and put your questions directly in and the social team will pick them up and share them with uh, the panel All right. Very good. Completing our team on camera today is our question master. She is Charlotte Miller and she's joining us from the heart of the UK Silicon Valley down here in the south of England in Berkshire. Welcome, Charlotte. Great to see you.
5: Thanks, Nick. It's good to be here for what seems to be a very interesting episode by the number of the viewers that are watching us at the moment. It's fantastic to see so many people watching us both on LinkedIn and YouTube.
0: All right, excellent. So um, let's jump straight into those questions because I can see them starting to stack up, panel. So um, let's begin and we'll take our first question, please, Charlotte.
5: Thanks, Nick. We've got a question from Theo. Theo asks, will I receive international recognition recognition when becoming a public-private partnership specialist?
0: All right. It's a really important part of all of our professional development to be recognized. Um, Ninanzo, start us off on this one.
2: Okay. So let's, let's start by defining um, international recognition. So if it means uh, being on the front of Time magazine, I've not seen a lot of uh, PP specialists <laughs> on the Time magazine, but if it means um, if you're in that PP space uh, that you'll be recognized, yes, because the PP specialist and you're helping to deliver projects from concept development to project preparation and structuring and also even delivering contracts, then you'll be recognised in that
0: space and you'll be on demand uh, for your services. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And I love that idea. I think that you may yet appear on the cover of Time magazine, so don't rule it out, my friend, okay? It's just a matter of time. All right, let's uh, hear from Diane. Your thoughts on this one, please.
1: Yes, definitely. Once you become a PPP specialist and work on various projects and your name is recognised, you will have international recognition. And also because of the courses that you would have undertaken, for example, the CP3P exam, which is internationally recognised. So, yes.
0: All right. Excellent. Thank you so much. One thought from myself just on this is that, you know, the international recognition Recognition part usually comes in two forms. First of all, the certification itself projects that not only have you um, learnt about the subject area of public-private partnerships, but also you're using an internationally recognised standard. Okay? You're judged against an internationally recognised standard, and that really does have merit because it helps you, it helps your team, and it also helps your organisation to be more successful when you're bidding. It's very rare... PPPs are delivered by a single organisation. It's usually a collection, you know, it's usually a conglomerate or a, a grouping together of different organisations working together and, and that allows you to speak a common language and to work together in the most effective and efficient way. So some really great answers uh, to that question and we'll, we'll work on raising you up a little bit as well and giving you a little bit more recognition around the world through Level Up. So very good, Charlotte. Let's move on, please. And we'll take our next question, if we may.
5: Thanks, Nick. We've got um, a live question from a LinkedIn viewer. Philip, what is the role of a public-private partnership in (laughs) humanitarian settings?
0: All right, so humanitarian type um, situations. Uh, Nina, so start us off with your thoughts on this, please.
2: Yeah, this is a, a very interesting question because we've come across this. Um, you know, people have asked: Is it possible to have a public-private partnership um, in the humanitarian or, or non-governmental NGO sector and all that? And it's yes, it's possible because um, it doesn't really mean the private sector is there to deliver. Um, um, profit for themselves and over bloated profit. It's about delivering value. And so if you structure the project well, that gives the private sector the opportunity to deliver value, meaning using their skills and expertise and experience to deliver value. That means they can deliver projects on time and on budget and also get the the level of profit they they are looking at. Um, Something in that space should be something that is within a range that is not um, commercially high then yes, it's very, very possible. We've seen a few projects where um, NGOs have you know, partnered with the private sector to deliver projects. Um, um, so, so in the humanitarian space, you may not call it public-private partnership because if the humanitarian you know, and, um, impact investors come in, um, that, that's not the public, but if it has to do um, delivering projects through the public, and that's where it's a public-private partnership. But yes, PPPs can actually work in humanitarian
0: space. Okay, thank you so much, Diane. And then Mart.
1: Yes. So PPP projects are wide-ranging from economic to social. So a lot of these social projects implemented under PPP arrangement can contribute to humanitarian issues.
0: Thank you very much indeed. And Mart,
4: your thoughts, please. I'll take a liberal approach to this question as far as uh, answering it. The uh, the P in uh, project management, one somebody once said, is as much about people as it is about you know project. And when I see humanitarian, I think immediately, oh, well, it is about people. And I think what what PvP has done is to allow for so many you know good causes, uh, as far as humanitarian uh, purposes or goals, to be achieved. Uh, I don't think, I mean, it would have been a much bigger challenge without PPP to uh, to get those accomplished. So I think there's some, some great successes to, uh, you know, to share and to be proud of. So absolutely, the answer is absolutely yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Thank you very much indeed. I, I think one thing that the panel would all agree with is that these sorts of uh, partnerships take time to build. All right, and they take time to put in place and to be effective and to ensure that there is value for citizens and a balance of risk shared between the public and the private sector. Now often humanitarian situations um creep up on us somewhat, despite colleagues who work in the sectors being able to forecast with increasing accuracy that trouble is on its way. It only becomes newsworthy at the point of need. And so there is a scramble then to be able to deliver services in that context within a timescale and at pace and at scale. So from that perspective, I think sometimes it's a little problematic if you're trying to scramble to meet an immediate need. But if you are able to work together to put together a package and work um, in, uh, in a way in advance of that need, then it can be super fulfilling uh, for everybody so very good indeed thank you so much uh, panel for your thoughts and Philip excellent question it's really got us going I can see lots of people are also contributing on social so thank you so much for all of that Charlotte let's crack on and we'll take our next question please
5: thanks Nick we've got another question from Theo can a PPP specialist also act as a PPP contract manager, or maybe a colleague in contract management team.
0: Okay, thanks um, very much in, indeed. André, start us off please.
3: Thank you Nick, and uh, Theo, thanks for, for a good question. So, what do we have in the, in the PPP space, and, and let me maybe use the UK as a, as, as a practical example. In the UK, there's a number of PPPs that are coming closer to the end of their life. I think there's a number of 600-odd projects within the five next five, six years coming to the end of its life to the hand-back phase. There's just not enough people around. There's just not enough specialists around to be able to firstly develop projects. If I think about the African continent. There's just not enough people to play the role with either within governments or in the private sector when they when they prepare their bidding. And then the contract management, maybe an area that we neglect significantly. Most government people focus uh, by default on developing the project, bringing it to market. And once you've brought it to market, you've appointed a private sector, but if The contract is signed, you sort of want to sit back because it's been a, quite a hard road to get to, get to where, you, where you are at that stage. Contract management, absolutely important. So yes, a PPP specialist would play a role in the initial stages during the contract management stages, that very important handback stage. So yes, a very good question and um, a very important job opportunity for many, many, many people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that that kind of corporate knowledge, effectively, that you're building up during that period is so vital to be able to get it right. Neon your thoughts, please, and then Diane.
2: Yes, very, very, very interesting question. Um, yes, the answer is yes. Uh, PPP specialists can also act as PP contract managers. And and the reality is that I think that's the best level where value is delivered. So you need specialists that understand. Uh, The PPP is to be able to be part of contract management stage of the project. So if you you deliver projects through um, the the concept and also business case and structuring the contracts and now go ahead to sign the contracts, most times we think uh, that's where it ends. But I think that's where value delivery actually starts. And so, yes, you need a PPP specialist that understands the entire PPP project uh, process, but also understand what the contract requirements are and be able to you know, support the, the, the two parties to deliver the contracts effectively. Yes.
0: Okay,
3: thank you
2: so
0: much. And Diane, final thoughts on this one?
1: Yes, very interesting question indeed. So one of the training aspects to become a PPP specialist is to learn about the stages of contract management. And these involve appraising and preparing the contracts, tender and awards, managing the contracts, or at the construction and also the operational and maintenance stage. So, yes, definitely as a PPP specialist, you are very knowledgeable in the area of contracts and contract management.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much. And um, Mart, you've had some thoughts on this one as well.
4: Yeah, you know, if you think about it, we're talking about project 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 the whole time, right? And then we think, oh, the project is done, so hands off, we're, uh, we're going off to something else. But uh, with these types of projects, I mean, this goes on after co- project completion, right? So there's this, this long phase in this life cycle, you know, where so much more has to be managed, you know, where maybe the the, the private partner wants to uh start making some money of uh, of all the investments so to speak so in other words that happens after project completion often so contract management absolutely i mean this this goes on for much longer than that so maybe there's some confusion there as well um as in yeah this is not done when the project is done so contract management yeah, I think... plays a huge part here
1: yeah,
0: absolutely right. And in in so doing, I think that there are always checks and balances in all of this. You know, as we develop our understanding about a situation, this can grow for years before, you know, the um, award of contract. And so it would be crazy to lose all of that knowledge, you know, and simply not to take advantage of it. And and indeed, the relationships, people people cycle through, all organisations, don't there? There'll be some people at the beginning, at the early definition phases, who are not there, you know, to fulfil um, the multi-year delivery of the PPP um, contract and ensure that the value is delivered. But there's this process all of the time, rather like running a relay race, where the baton needs to be handed over, and there needs to be a firm grasp between one incumbent. And their successor so that the baton is never dropped and that there's that full and even transfer of knowledge and so on to ensure the successful delivery. Because otherwise we're in the situation of not learning the lessons from projects that have had a more tricky periods in the past and it's super super important to maintain that so very very good indeed um really great question theo thank you so much for submitting it and charlotte if we may let's take our next question
5: thanks nick we've got a question from um <clears throat> theo again um does becoming a ppp specialist mean that i can participate in a government ppp project team and or pass- Participate in a private sector sector transaction advisory team.
0: All right. Well, you Kim certainly do words. need that's quite all right. We certainly <laughs> need expertise on both sides. So let's start <laughs> off from Andre, and then we'll hear from Nienhanso.
3: Yes, thank you, Nick. Obviously, uh, very very important. But maybe just this this little anecdote uh, in the training that we do before COVID. Granted, when we could still do classroom uh, sessions, the best sessions were always those where we had public and private people in the room because the the outcomes of what we are doing in the PPP space, uh, both parties have got the same interests. So, yes, for sure, if you become a PPP specialist, you can play on either the government side as a project manager, as a contract manager, as per the previous question. Or you could sit on the private sector side, working with a private sector team, and there's great expertise needed on both sides of the spectrum. Thank
0: you. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dean Anso.
2: Yes, I think the question is—it's um, a very good one as well. Um, so there's this assumption that a PVP specialist will always be a private sector person coming with, you know, uh, the experience and everything, and um, and to be told. I have experienced uh, knowledge knowledge mismatch between the private and public where we had better knowledge in the public than from the private. Right. Uh, I also have experienced yeah, yeah. the other way around from the public, you know, you had better knowledge from the private than the public. So it's important we have, you know, adequate knowledge, skills and expertise and experience across board, both in the public and the private. And it is, you know, it would be very, very good to have PPP specialist in the public sector and also in the private. That way, you have um, you can align your knowledge and experience to 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 deliver good projects.
0: Absolutely right. Um, it's such an important thing to match those skills and therefore to be able to add value equally to each other. Diane, your thoughts on this?
1: Yes, thank you, Nick. So most countries have a PPP unit established within a governmental entity, depending on how mature your economy is in terms of the PPP implementation. For example, you can be a developed country or you can be an emerging market and developing economy now going into the PPP sphere. So definitely working as a PPP specialist in a governmental unit can contribute to ensuring the successful implementation of these projects, as well as if you choose to work in the private sector, bringing your knowledge can again ensure that PPPs are successfully implemented. So the more knowledge and business we have with PPP experience would be better.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, um, everybody. You know, now the, the thing that I would say with this as well, is that, you know, developing these specialisms, and Diane, to your point, you know, about setting up a unit, um, there's there's a considerable experience now around the world of what does a good public-private partnership looks like. And that guidance is uh, embodied within um, the World Bank body of knowledge and access to the World Bank body of knowledge is free. okay? It's online all of the time. I'll ask one of the social team to find a link to it uh, for everybody. But that body of knowledge and that guidance is available to all. And so if you've not had the opportunity yet to set up such a community of practice or a centre of excellence, if you like, within government, then have a little read of that and reach out to the colleagues on the panel today we're all on the APMG international website you can find us really easily just search for level up and then you'll see all of our biographies on there and little link that you can click on and connect with us on linkedin so that you can um work with us uh, as a colleague and figure it out and see what we can do to help you to grow your community of practice around ppps so very good thank you so much uh diane for sharing that experience andre and also nian So that's really excellent let's move on um, charlotte if we can and we'll take our next question please
5: Thanks, Nick. We've got a question from Margaret Smith, which has just been submitted. How can one acquire practical knowledge and experience in the PPP space as a beginner in practice?
0: All right. Well, this is a really great question for this particular show, because every everybody's career has to start somewhere. Niananso, start us off and then we'll hear from Andre.
2: Yes, uh, very, very good question as well. Um, so when we do these pvp trainings uh, like we do at work capacity where we do the the pfg certification training our objective is your application of that knowledge not just acquiring the knowledge but applying it and so from experience we've learned that look no matter the opportunity just grab the opportunity go to another government agency or go to another private entity work as an intern for free just start going through previous projects go through how it was uh, developed, how the business case was developed, I go through the business case, go through the structuring of the contract and the tender. It means you're learning, you're trying to apply the knowledge first, and also start joining project teams. You know, I mean, what we've done in the past is to tell people, join for free, so that you start getting the experience and the you know, knowledge you need, practical knowledge. That way you can actually showcase that you have practical experience. Because if you wait to get paid um, to apply, then it may not may not happen um, as soon as you would want it. So start joining teams that uh, you can do pro bono and get yourself some practical knowledge.
0: Excellent advice there. That volunteering route is so important for our own career development. Andre, your thoughts, please, and then we'll hear from Diane.
3: Yeah, so, so, so I'll take take it a step further uh, to. But firstly, want to confirm what Nianzo said. Absolutely, absolutely important. What we find in training is we find people that have been working in a PPP unit or maybe in a national government department for a few years with infrastructure, and then then want to take it further. They want to become involved in the PPP space. Similar on the private sector side, uh, consulting engineers, lawyers um, that that have been in their business for for a while and now they want to become involved in the PPP space. Then the first thing they normally do. Based on my experience, I say they, they, they take the training, they, they do the training, and then progress from there. As Nianzo said, uh, also in, in the practical training sessions, we try and use case studies. We, we also try and open up, similar to what you have done, Nick, earlier on by, by referring to the World Bank uh, knowledge base. There's really a lot of information available, even if you are interested in sector-based information. Uh, In our training company, and I'm sure all the training companies would also collate that information Uh, because tomorrow one of your previous students will will come back and say, Listen, please help me with a port PPP if you've got any case studies. So, fully agree with Nyanzo. And if you have progressed a little bit further and you're in this space, take the training, go through the process, uh, learn from different people, uh, get to know about the websites, the uh, information. Uh, newsletters uh, being being put out. The the one that I can mention is maybe the GI Hub. I'll, I'll put a, I'll put a link to the GI Hub on the system. Also a very good resource. They work very closely with the IFC and the World Bank. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. I was coming across uh, GI Help actually recently um, as well and looking at some of the work that they're doing. So I, I do think that that's a very interesting you know, resource to be able to tap into as well. So very good. Thank you so much, Andre. Um, Diane, your thoughts on this?
1: So I definitely agree with my fellow panellists. Undertaking the CP3P exam is indeed a must. Also, APMG level up sessions about PPPs are very informative in terms of learning about the practical knowledge of how PPPs are implemented. With regard to experience, you can look at sourcing a job or maybe an internship in unit or in the private sector in a subcontracting company. So, you would get a lot of experience in how PPPs are actually implemented. And of course, network, network as much as you can.
0: Yeah, it's great advice, isn't it, really? And, you know, um, from all of these things, you get the opportunity. The opportunity can present itself, but one one thing to do is to say it out loud. <laughs> say, it, say it out loud to your manager, to your colleagues and say, this is an area of real interest to you, you know, and you'd like to get involved in, even if it's just simply, joining in and facilitating you know meetings or taking minutes or you know starting just volunteer okay just get engaged volunteer and join in because then over time your network builds and you build and build and build if you remember back to how you began your career that very first day you knew very little and almost nobody in your organization so Do take that first day type approach again when you're starting to branch your career and look for development and specialisms that have so far eluded you. Take that opportunity to really reach out to people and network and join in. Mark, you coach a lot of leaders. How do you go about coaching those leaders to recognize talent in their teams and to give those people who ask for opportunities opportunities The chance to join in how do you go about doing that
4: um i'm always going back to you know what's their passion and um you know match that with uh you know where's the talent or where's the need um that's my approach usually that's actually what i try to find out um you know what is it that gets them going and um, you know and then develop that, of course, with uh, the appropriate training experience and so on. Um, but that's where you restart, you know, figuring out their passion.
0: Absolutely, and um, always remember as an individual contributor, whatever your manager is interested in, it's really great to develop that as your passion. <laughs> It's just a just a kind of a, a thought for you, OK, because then you, you start to really connect with whoever it is that you report to. So very good. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Mark, for that advice. Excellent. Very good. Charlotte, let's move on, please. We'll take our next question, if we may.
5: Thanks, Nick. We've got another live question from Vivek. Um, is the PPP role more contracts than claims?
0: All right. So there are lots of roles involved in PPPs. But André, you've, you've got some of the kind of the, uh, the gray hair from ex- executing <laughs> around the PPP space. Um, it, I, I, I feel more optimistic, to be honest. I feel on the optimistic side of this than, than the negative side. Um, start us off with your thoughts.
3: Thank you. We, we have actually uh, retrained a contract management team. A PPP, uh, 22 years old, and all of a sudden the, the councillors in the municipality realized that the contract management team has disappeared. Uh, they've dissolved because people move on. Uh, you spoke about this point earlier on that people progress. They maybe get, get a, a different position at another place. Anyhow, so we've been fortunate to, to to deal with a contract management team that we had to retrain. They had, fortunately had an international sponsor that paid for for the courses. But, okay. but no, it, it, it's firstly it, it's the steps, and I and I and I think our the colleagues online has also referred to that. Or there's phases in a PPP. So a PPP specialist is firstly, well, if we if we think about the process in is firstly involved in uh, uh, may, maybe the decision making process to decide on projects, the feasibility stage, the bidding phase, uh, awarding the contracts, and then moving into the contract management phase. And then moving into the handback phase. And and obviously in that contract management phase, it's all about claims um, as as, as well. So um, is the PPP role more contracts than claims? Yes, if you work in a contract management unit. Uh, uh, Or maybe maybe if you work in a contract management unit, you will deal with the contract and all the consequences of the contract. Uh, Maybe government did not do what they should have done, or maybe the private sector did not do uh, what they should have done. So in that, in that perspective, it, it's, it's significantly about claims. But if you're on the other side, in the project development side, it's about data, building up data because we are working with lifecycle projects. I hope that helps.
0: Yeah, I think it really does. And it's a really insightful question. So thank you, Vivek, for posting it. Niananso, in your experience, is it more about contracts and claims?
2: I would say it's more about avoiding claims, (laughs) so it should be more about contracts. So let's—I mean—so what we do is to to make sure you limit the claims, you know, down the line, and that's because that's where the value of PPPs are delivered Uh, from from when you sign contract and start delivering uh, uh, projects, and people see the infrastructure and they can actually use it, it's operational, and they can get the value of PPPs. So that's where you want to deliver value so you don't want to have more claims. And so what I would say is, PVP role is actually very important at the development stage, at the feasibility, the contracting and all that, because that's where you reduce the number of claims you have at the contract management stage. And so it's important to have good experts in place on both sides, the public and the private. That way you reduce the claims at contract management stage and focus on delivering value uh, to the users. Thank you.
0: All right. OK, excellent. One thought that I had when I saw this is that this is actually joining the story halfway through. This is like watching the Netflix miniseries, but starting at series five, episode four. OK, and not from the beginning, because right at the beginning, PPPs are all about building relationships and actually understanding, first of all, what is it in terms of services, infrastructure and so on that um uh, citizens are needing and are going to deliver real value. And then building on those relationships to establish a group of individuals, teams, and organizations who can come together in order to be able to service that need and deliver an outstanding, high quality, and um, uh, productive PPP partnership um, between government and the commercial organizations involved. So I'd say it really does all start with relationships and on that point you know it's worthwhile considering those first because through relationships come contracts and contracts really you only really want to rely on um, for clarity you know you need the relationship first. marks what you work a lot in this kind of area helping people structure relationships and develop business relationship management. how important do you see it as um, uh, within the PPP sphere?
4: Thanks for asking, uh, Nick. This really complements PPP, um, the business ratio management aspect. Um, if I would um, explain business ratio management from four different angles, then I think it immediately resonates. I mean, we already talked about value a couple of times. You mentioned that, right? Um, relationships, of course, you know, you want to get something out of it that needs to be of value. Uh, driving value is something that this uh, relationship management is is very keen on, very focused on. And so is uh, triple uh, P, of course. You want to get the uh, you know value from these uh, initiatives. But the other a- three aspects, um, one is its purpose. You know, why are we doing all this? Right, something needs to be better off in the end. Um, and that's uh, of course, relationships are key uh, in this whole environment, which brings me to that third aspect: that's cultures. I mean how often do we deal with different cultures in the private sector or, or in the public sector I mean that in, in general you know in broad terms already different cultures but then add international flavors to that and then you know it gets even more interesting so that relationship aspect uh, becomes even more important and finally obviously relationship management is about building partnerships and I mean I think by these four uh, areas you know the purpose the value the culture and the, and the and the partnerships i should i i'm assuming the audience that i know is a little bit about the, the ppp Me recognize it as a hey wait a minute that's what we're talking about as well so they go really hand in a uh, good hand in hand so thank you nick
0: OK, thank you so much. Um, indeed. Thank you, uh, Martin. Thank you, panel. And most of all, Vivac, thank you so much for a really insightful question. Um, uh, Diane, just one thought, because you work in a very um, uh, different cult- business, cultural environment, government, cultural environment than I have experienced. I've not worked in. Uh, Trinidad and, and Tobago I've worked in many countries but but not there what are your thoughts around trying to think about the context and the culture and trying to get that built out in building those strong relationships
1: thanks Nick understanding culture is indeed very important in the implementation of projects in Trinidad and Tobago, with regard to PPPs, we are uh, we are considered an emerging market and developing economy. So we have a lot of interaction with more developed countries, countries in Latin America, where we interact with them to get a lot of experience and knowledge with regard to PPPs. So understanding the different cultures is indeed critical for us to be able to implement a successful PPP successfully establish our PPP unit because we have so much with different cultures so definitely it's an important aspect to consider
0: I, I you know I completely agree with you it's it makes all of the difference it's not often what you're trying to say or what you're trying to do it's how 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 do you go about doing those things? And to get that right, you need to understand, you know, uh, the cultures in which you're working. So really, really great. Thank you so much, Vivek. It took us, that sort of lifted us up a little bit and we branched out into a whole range of different areas from that seed of a question. So thank you so much. Charlotte, let's move on. We'll take our next question, please.
5: Thanks, Nick. And saying that, um, we've just had a live question come in from Monica Monica is a LinkedIn viewer and she asks, could we also hear about other PPP best practices that come to minds of the speakers?
0: All right. So I'm going to give the speakers a few moments to actually just kind of consider this question. So it's kind of some best practice or some good advice, some top tips, whatever you would like to start us off with. So, um, Andre, I'll come to you first and then we'll hear from Diane. Thank you, Nick. Um,
3: And and immediately what jumps to mind is is Ethiopia. Uh, We know it's a centralized economy previously being managed on on, on that basis, but with the president not being new anymore. Not everybody obviously agrees with what what he's doing, but um, they are moving actually quite significantly into the PPP space. So what they did from the start was to firstly train up the uh, senior decision makers in government. We literally had the director general, it was a lady, I think there's something in there, and she had all her directors sitting in the training room for a whole day. And only after that was completed, uh, they allowed us then to train three people from every utility in Ethiopia. So that was a very good example, and I really think best practice. Uh, In many countries, it does not happen on that basis. We do not get the senior government people in, in training sessions. There they've done it differently. First, train up the uh, the people in the national departments, and then you go out to to the utility. So to, to my mind, that was a brilliant example of what could be done. Thank you.
0: It's so important that visible leadership, where you bring everybody in and say, "Okay, no, we're all going to do this together," isn't it? It really sets the tone of the entire. Relationship from that moment forward. So, excellent. Really nice one to hear about as well. So, thank you um, so much, Andre. Diane, your thoughts, please.
1: So, one of the PPP best practices that I've found is the PPP framework. Once an economy has an accepted national PPP framework, it provides the enabling environment for PPPs to be successfully implemented. So, I would suggest that countries, whether you're developing or emerging markets and developing economies, should have a PPP framework which outlines the rules and the regulations for implementation of PPPs.
0: Thank you very much indeed. And, um, Mart, your thoughts?
4: Just a quick one.
0: Um... I want to phrase a a
4: quote from Michael Jordan, I think is uh, appropriate for this one. I mean, he once said talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence wins championships. You know, we can be the best uh, PPP experts uh, out there, but, you know, if we're not uh, acting as a team, right or don't have the the right knowledge or experience or expertise or brightness in the room then you know there's still a whole bunch of things that uh, may fall apart as and again i want to emphasize on that uh, team aspect um i mean if you think about it it's so a unique environment in itself right to bring public and private sectors uh, together um i mean and this is just a unique way of uh, you know the 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 team aspect in essence so hopefully that quote uh you know inspires a bit
0: it certainly does yeah absolutely certainly does because many ppp projects run for multiple years and they outlive most um the, certainly the uh, the working period anyway or the appointment period of most politicians so politicians it's inherent in their nature to think fairly short term because their term of office is relatively short but citizens need thinking beyond the horizon, beyond that immediate horizon, and the vision and the uh, expertise to actually implement. Nianantso, what kind of best practice would you share from your experience around PPPs?
2: I mean, um, one one that comes to mind clearly is what's happening in Nigeria. Um, So um, sometimes we say we have 37 countries in Nigeria because we, we run a federal system. So we have okay. subnational states that that are you know independent states. So they have passed their own independent PPP laws, and they set up their own PPP units. But the interesting thing is that um, the federal, the national level PPP unit, uh, brings all the thirty seven PPP units together annually for knowledge sharing, and that means mm. the priorities and and the needs of different states determine the PPP projects to focus on. So you can see some states looking at. Agricultural ppp some look at health some look at education or you bring everyone together to now share knowledge because um, when you learn from others you can actually reduce the amount of mistakes you make going, going forward so it's a very good practice which i think other countries can actually learn from meaning projects come together to learn from each other and not building silos and start delivering on your own bring everyone together to learn so that in the future we, le- we make less mistakes in, and can learn from what we've done in the past.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, one thought for you that I picked up from a colleague. He was one of the contributing authors to the World Bank body of knowledge around PPPs. This is a, a gentleman called Richard Foster, who lives and works in Australia. And he was um, sharing with me when I was at a PPP conference in Sydney that access to sizable capital markets is a really throttling factor for PPPs in the Australian market. They have a relatively modest capital market in comparison with some other countries that have access to much bigger fund bases. So one of the things that I would kind of pick out of that conversation as a non-PPP specialist is to really work on the finance side and establish connections with people that understand finance, that really understand capital markets and how to be able to get the finance to do what it is that you need to do. Because that seems to me to be one of the things that if, if you are understanding of it earlier, in the whole cycle, then you end up constructing something which is much more likely to come to fruition in the way and in the timescale that you had previously hoped. Uh, Niranzo, am I talking nonsense, or does that make, that doesn't does that make sense to you?
2: Yeah, yeah, that that just triggered something else, and so something significant happened in Nigeria as well uh, because of uh, financing for projects. And uh, I'm sure you, I'm sure you know, investors look at risk, um, and so there's this. Agency established uh, with the support of the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Nigeria. Uh, it's called InfraCredit. It means it can guarantee projects. So they come in to look at projects and, and um, give it a rating and they can guarantee your project. And, and that has you know, attracted a lot of investment. So that's a very, very good um, um, a best practice as well, meaning can you have a framework where projects can be guaranteed? And that gives the private investor confidence to you know, come in to make investment. Because of the risk in terms of perception of that market. So, this is a very good one in terms of uh, attracting
0: investment as well. Absolutely right. Um, Andre, from the banker's perspective, your thoughts?
3: Yeah, yeah. just a very uh, interesting uh, short story on what's happening in Uganda, uh, taking cue from your finance finance focus. Uh, what has happened in that space is that the PPP unit in Uganda very active proactive and Uganda has got some challenges financial challenges like many many other countries after covid uh, but nevertheless they identified the need to help some of their stronger municipalities local governments counties if you wish uh, to help some of those local governments to to develop some of the urgent larger type projects water etc cetera, etc cetera. And uh, the uh, PPP unit appointed consultants to go around the country, identify projects uh, that would be suitable to to potentially develop as PPPs. And what the PPP unit said is that for those the top eight projects um, in in the country, they will provide viability gap funding to make them to increase their viability, to improve the affordability for government. So they were thinking of the financial aspects. From a government perspective, mm-hmm. and then looked at at projects being developed by their local government uh, in, in environment. So I think it's a brilliant example of what you can do at a national level, helping your uh, municipal environment to successfully potentially develop uh, develop some projects. Thanks.
0: Excellent. Some fantastic insight there. And thank you so much, uh, Monica, for posting it into the chat. Now, um, we're running out of time a little bit today, so we're going to pick up the pace. Um, Charlotte, let's take our next question, please. Uh,
5: Thanks, Nick. We've got a question from Kidnima. Um, I'm sorry about the pronunciation um what are the long term benefits of becoming a ppp specialist
0: all right some benefits please panel over the long term of working in this space um i would say first of all one of the things is it's hugely rewarding it's rewarding to be able to see policy and um uh, practice come together in a meaningful way nian your thoughts
2: so, so first is that uh, you always be on demand. I can assure you. <laughs> so, so that means uh, <laughs> it means you you're just, you're gonna have um, a good projects coming your way and good opportunities coming your way. But apart from just having um, the commercial um, um, uh, benefits, um, it's also an opportunity to experience new projects, new, very very unique because all projects are unique. I can tell you, even if it's in the same sector you will definitely go through different experiences. And so for a specialist, you have the opportunity to interface with different people, different frameworks, different policy environments, different cultures. You know, these things, you know, can actually help improve you as a person. And so you're learning as you're you're delivering value
3: as a specialist. All
0: right. Excellent. Thank you so much. Diane?
1: So all PPP projects are very different. They range from economic to social projects. So working as a PPP specialist can help you contribute to economic, social, environmental, global, sustainable development, which is indeed a very key topic now in terms of sustainable development of all economies. So the long-term benefits would be contributing to a better world, a better society, and improving the quality of life of citizens.
0: Okay, thank you so much. And Andre? Um,
3: I'm actually fine. Uh, just confirming okay. the, 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 the previous discussion that this uh, Nianzo said that you'll never be out of a job. <laughs> and uh, just think of it. There are many projects that have been uh, contracted for 30 years all of them need contract management. They need additional staff when they get to the handback phase, or additional mm-hmm. consultants to help them. So it's a, a proper career opportunity, and I think a very rewarding.
0: Absolutely. Person. Absolutely. Thank you very much, um, indeed, uh, panel. The the thing that I would say is that um, a lot of folks on LinkedIn, you know, they 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 kind of. I've, I feel that they're looking for something that isn't quite there. You know, so if you're looking for real meaningful purpose in your life, working in this space can can deliver. All right. It can deliver year after year, month after month, because to Diane's point and to Nia and Andre's and Mark's, what you're doing here is changing lives and there's nothing better Than that feeling of having gone home and made a difference. And you can absolutely make a difference in this space. Um, Take the qualifications, learn about the subject, add value to your team, your organisation, and help deliver better value for citizens um, in your work. It would be fantastic. Thank you so much um, indeed. We have time for one more question, I think, Charlotte. So let's take our final question for the day.
5: I've never done this before, but I'm about to. Um got a question from me. And my okay. question is, what is a main feature of public-private partnerships that you find interesting? Sorry, very interesting. Uh, okay,
0: so the, the most fascinating <laughs> aspect of uh, working in the PPP space or of public-private partnerships themselves. Niananzo, start us off.
2: Yes. Um... For me, it's been. I mean, I, I started out as an engineer. Um, I worked on, you know, civil engineering projects, so it was very interesting looking at project management from, you know, end to end, delivering um, assets. So that, for me, that was like the best thing, you know. Then when I got into PPPs and I realized that okay, there's something else um, that we were not getting. Risk, risk allocation is the best aspect for me in PPPs. It means. As that contractor or the person taking over the responsibility of delivering the asset, in mm-hmm. terms of the asset itself and also the operations of that asset to deliver the services, they are, they have been built to deliver. You take responsibility, and that's for me is the best aspect of any of PPPs because it means as you build the asset, you have in mind that you're going to operate it, so you must put in quality, uh, but also operating it. Is where you get your payment. So you must make sure you deliver very good service to the user public. For I me, mean, that's the best aspect of uh, PPP.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much. Very from the heart, spoken from the heart. Very authentic. Thank you so much. Um, Diane and then Andre.
1: So as an emerging market and developing country going into the sphere of PPPs, One of the aspects that I found very interesting and it took me a little while to become accustomed to it was the fact that a public asset was being managed, operated and managed by a private entity using public Mm. funds. So to me, that was very interesting and it took me a little while, but that's one of the aspects of PPPs that always stayed with me.
0: It's amazing, isn't it, when you've got that governance structure right and you're getting the best of both worlds. And two and two really can make more than four in those circumstances. So really brilliant. Thank you so much indeed. And Andre, your thoughts on this?
3: A very interesting point is that popular perception is that once we get into PPPs, we're going to lose jobs. I suppose it could be a labour position, et cetera, et cetera. But the contrary is to. And and why is that so? It's it's probably because once you've appointed, once government has appointed the private sector company to do what they need to do, governments also try and expand service delivery wider than government previously could do themselves. And for that reason, the private sector typically appoint more people. A good case study, and and if you're interested, uh, there's no obligation, check out our uh, LinkedIn page. Uh, We have just today posted an article on, on Egypt aggressively uh, making use of PPPs to create jobs. So I'll, I'll just leave it there. Excellent. Uh, it's it's uh, it's an amazing uh, story actually, where people normally think, listen, we shouldn't do it because we're going to lose jobs. But I'll just leave it there. Thank you.
0: Okay, excellent. Thank you so much um, indeed. Thank you so much to uh, everybody who's been submitting questions to the panel today. Um, we have kind of, we're starting to run out of time a little bit, so we're going to go to closing remarks now from the panel. It's been a really fascinating return to the world of public-private partnerships. Um Andre, if I may, I'll come to you first, and then we'll hear from Diane. Yeah,
3: well, thank you very much, uh, Nick and APMG, for the opportunity. We really appreciate it. And my hope is, is that those online uh, can take something away from this, even if it's uh, just a little bit. Um, and uh, move forward, uh, helping us to help ourselves in the infrastructure space. So, greetings from DPP Trading Online.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much um, indeed. Diane, and then Singh.
1: Thank you very much, Nick, and APMG International for the amazing opportunity to appear on the show and to provide information and some guidance. And just a quote that I've always kept in mind with regard to PPPs, when public conductors combine intellectual and other resources, more can be achieved. So using the basis of our partnership, once we work together, we can achieve more. Thank you. Uh,
0: Absolutely right. Really inspiring quote. So thank you so much, Diane. Uh, Ninanzo and then Mart. Mm
2: Yeah, thank you very much. It was a good opportunity to interact with everyone again. And uh, to the panelists, thank you for sharing knowledge and also to all those that have asked questions. And those that even couldn't ask, uh, you have the opportunity to post online and interact with others. Um, You have uh, the APMG links and all that. Apart from gaining the knowledge of PPPs, it's important to build your skills and also gain the experience and also maintain the focus that PPP is designed to deliver value uh, not just to build the asset and then build um, um, commercial value for, for private sector. is is designed to deliver sustainable development
0: for all. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. You're absolutely right. Mart, and then Charlotte.
4: Just a quote about uh, R, the relationship aspect of uh, Triple P, that uh, says, no one can whistle a symphony. It takes a whole orchestra.
0: very good indeed yeah very good absolutely right relationships are so so vital to all of these so um absolutely brilliant thank you so much mart for bringing that to life as well um charlotte your reflections on today's episode um
5: thank you very much to the panel and thank you very much to the amazing audience that we've had viewers watching today it's uh, it's been really great to see so many people enjoying the show and thank you for diane for being one of those viewers but is now a panelist and has done a, such a fantastic job thank you diane
0: absolutely very thank well done sir. um indeed lovely to to have you on today's um, panel now on the on all of our producers behalf out there watching us online and putting in the questions want to thank the panel heart, from the bottom of our hearts for being such a great team today and answering all of those questions um to our producers online thank you uh, for joining us today you can join us twice a week um brilliant questions that you've submitted again all right our quality of our conversation in Increases each episode because of the amazing questions that you deliver. Now, then, over on our website, you can in fact search for the, all of those questions that we've answered today and the answers to another 1,400 or so. It's a comprehensive free resource connecting you with more than 140 experts from all over the world, as you've seen. Don't forget, you can also listen to the audio versions of the shows on your preferred podcast platform. So please do do that. This coming Monday on the 15th, we're going to be exploring how to manage agile projects and connect project managers with scrum teams and agile organisations and the agile philosophy and the agile manifesto and so on. So that's absolutely a key show to join in with on Monday, the 15th. Friday, then on the 19th, we focus on cyber as we figure out how to become a NIST cyber security professional. Subscribe to the show and we will, of course, send you a personal summary of what's coming up and how you too, just like Diane, can join us here on the panel and level up your career with APMG. Thanks very much, everybody. We'll see you next time.